And I'm Steph. And you're listening to The Thirst. You can find us online. Twitter, we're at The Thirst. Facebook.com forward slash The Thirst Pod. Instagram, we're at The Thirst Pod. Soundcloud.com forward slash The Thirst Pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts by searching for The Thirst. And we're on Spotify too, which you can find us by searching The Thirst there as well. Um, if you want to email us, people have emailed us recently. Woohoo! Thanks. It was all that uh, all that moaning we did. All that whinging. Um, it's thethirstpod at gmail.com. And we've also got a blog, which is thethirstpod.wordpress.com, which I spent a very long time updating last week. Well done, you. So please look at it to make me feel better um this is episode 34 yeah we missed 33 yeah so we correction did. corner the last time one we introduced as 32 did all our puns and it turned out it was 33 so we've skipped one so i didn't have anything for 33 did you um i had miracle on 34th street oh yeah 34th and street. people's birthdays it's the, the international do dialing code for spain is it yeah well good, done good to know what it's, who are your famous uh, 34 it's the year age old? of scarlett Hansen. yep got that one lana del rey yep got that one too avril lavigne didn't have that and gal gadot is uh, oh i didn't have that i had Katy Perry. Perry I had Katy Perry and then I just thought I don't care about Katy Perry. No, neither do I. Anna Kendrick. Oh, yes. Garrett Headland. Oh, ooh. Uh, Jonathan Groff, who I thought was older than that. Yeah, I also thought was older. I thought all of these people were older than that, so it's making me feel quite bad. Yeah, uh, Chase Crawford and Prince Harry. Um, should we do some news? Yes, let's. Where would you like to start? Because we've got, we I think we've got little snippets of gold here this week. I'm, it's been a good week for news. It has. Let's do the shortest first. Um, Channing Tatum has moved into a house near us. That's weird, isn't it? So um, the, I like the fact that the reason I found out about this was because it was on our local news website. It it wasn't any other like you know daily mail finally some news has happened it was in, literally the in our region i mean he's barely in our region because we're in norfolk and he's technically suffolk isn't he yeah so that's a bit shit he should move slightly further over the border but yeah channing tatum's moved to a place called well near Bury st edmunds which is sort of near us apparently he's reported to have rented a mansion there with a pool tennis court and large gardens with um jesse J, his girlfriend that we just don't really want to i don't understand jesse just not really into it are we i find it weird they're dating yeah she, i think i've gone off channing tatum since he's been with jesse J, which is a real she shame. looks like a budget version of his ex-wife she really does. So, Sorry, Jesse. I'm he's sure he's really nice. He's I've got just a type. Investment. He's got a real type. I also don't know if um, I fancy him anymore. I do, but mainly f- just because of Magic Mark. I liked and... him it recently where he was dragging that horoscope app or astrology Oh, yes. App, yeah. And he said, blah, blah, blah. I'm in therapy. Everyone should go to therapy, which I mad respect. That, that was so that was very respectful. He's since come off social media now, hasn't he? After sort of divulging a lot, he's now like, yo, I'm off it. Can I just read you a line from this EDP article? Yes, please do. It says, he recently announced he was coming off social media and is said to have chosen the home near the historic market town to seek some solace. As in, it's boring. Do you think that's Imagine what it is? seeking solace in Bryce and Edmonds. I wouldn't recommend it, of all the places. No offence. It's fine. It's, I mean, it's not like hopping, is it? No. It's fine. Um, his neighbours are supermodel Claudia Schiffer and Matthew Vaughan, I always forget that they live there. Yeah, apparently. That was I quite didn't... a big thing when they moved there, apparently. I remember that. I don't think we've got any cool, any other... I was trying to think Norfolk-based celebrities. There's like Delia Smith. I think Stephen Fry still has a place around here. Sure. There was that rumour about Hugh Jackman for a bit. 
Oh, his mum lives, lives near here. here. Oh, and also, did you know that Tom Hiddleston took Taylor Swift to see his mum in Aldborough? Oh, I did know that once. Yeah, they went to a pub there, didn't they? Yeah, these places mean nothing to anyone who doesn't live near here. No, but, um, this is such regionally specific content. Re- rest assured, these are all very small places that are very near us, and it's just a bit baffling that Channing Tatum would like swap his. I don't even know what there is worth going. The Magethi Abbey's quite nice and very. You go to Marks and Spencers. It has got a nice seminar. Yeah, he'll just have to go there then. I don't. I don't think there'll be. They're only rent. So it's not like they're standing there for the long haul. I don't care enough to go there to tr- potentially see him. So. No, and that's saying something because I feel like we would stalk a lot of people at the drop of a hat if given the opportunity. Yeah, 100%. So, um, so. maybe that doesn't mean we're into Channing Tatum as much as we no. thought. Um, we wish him well. Yes, we do wish him well. Um, another thing that happened this week was that Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth split up. Oh. They were married for six months. Do you know what? I was quite surprised. I was surprised. I thought they were actually in it. Yeah. Because they've I, been together for a long time, They've been right? together for on and off for ten years. And then I remember we talked about them, their wedding and how it was very nice and at home. It was sweet. I was kind very, of on board. I was, yeah. I was on board with this relationship. They seemed they I mean, seemed it, legit. But it seems to have um, fallen apart. Last um, Saturday, yeah. She was pictured on a yachting holiday with Brodie Jenner's ex-wife Caitlin Carter yeah Caitlin doing Car- a snog doing a no snog. less not even just parting it up doing good, a snog good for her um, yeah. Liam was back in Byron looking really sad looking he was sad. With, uh, with his brother Chris just <laughs> they went to Chris, a, like, his brother Chris I don't know if I've mentioned him they went never. to some sort of like frozen yogurt shop or something and he looked like a really really sad puppy it is sad um, I, his Instagram caption so she obviously posted about, or she posted things alluding to it first her Instagram thing was just like total weird bollocks like oh what they're like the earth you cannot cage it or something yeah it was like i've got a quote from it so she posted i think the day after the announcement so it was announced sort of confirmed by reps that they were splitting and then she posted this weird thing that said don't fight evolution because you will never win like the mountain i'm standing on top of which was once underwater connected with africa Change is inevitable. It's like a weird geography lesson. My dad always told me, nature never hurries, but is always on time. It fills my heart with peace and hope knowing that that is true. I was taught to respect the planet and its process, and I'm committed to doing the same with my own. Maybe Liam was like litterer or something. <laughs> just like... I don't, know what, just ta- I just don't know what she's talking about. He just wouldn't stop burning fossil fuels, and she was like, I'm out, I can't do this. What a load of shit. Like, that's a load of shit. His, of shit. his Instagram caption on the flip side He's was... He's so grounded. I'm like, sorry. I know I shouldn't take sides. It was, hi all. Just a quick note to say that Miley and I have, se- have recently separated and I wish her nothing but health and happiness going forward. This is a private matter and I have not made, nor I will be making, any comments to any journalists or media outlets. Any reported quotes attributed to me are false. Peace oh, and love. Poor little... I feel bad man. I feel Although, so... Yeah. So I found a timeline on... Cosmo and L, which we'll link to. You I love a timeline. Go on. Yeah, I just can't bother to go through the timeline details, but no, that's fine. I did also find another piece which suggested that Miley wasn't at fault. That actually, maybe it was Liam. What do we think Liam did? Uh, he what, was apparently he like... partying too much and spending lots of time with his friends. Well, he's a bro. That's what. Yeah, that's I mean, what bogans do. I feel like you would know that marrying into that. <laughs> the idea of Liam partying too much over Miley is yeah. pretty wild. Is she just like a homemaker now? Is that what she does? She's think, like yeah. Liam, come home. I've baked some cookies. And Amazing. he's like, no, I want to go wild. Like, I want to go surfing, man. I just hope that they're both all right after this. Yeah, I mean, I hope so too. My worry uh, is that she'll go... She's going to go Miley Cyrus, isn't she? <sighs> I'm just a bit worried she'll go Miley Cyrus. She's going to do a bit of a backward slide. Yeah. Did you see all the salty Brody Jenner comments? Yeah. Like, he, right, he commented twice. So once he commented this weird salty thing after the pictures of his ex-wife and Miley were 
pictured snogging um and he put watch out pics of liam and i holding hands on the beach coming soon and then miley posted back go take a nap in your truck and cool off hashtag hot girl summer and then he said something else as well i mean the idea that Brody jenner and liam hemsworth would be friends is laughable anyway so i mean liam's like don't involve me mate, I've, right, mate. I, I don't want anything to do with you when has Brody jenner been relevant anyway apart from the hills 10 years ago i honestly had to google to remember his face so um i, I, I fancied him for like a week or something once did you yeah i think uh, if I were Caitlin Carter, I'd probably rather snog Miley Cyrus. Yeah, I definitely would. Of the two. He's like a, a rubbish Ben Affleck. He, I mean, and that's saying something, because yeah. you know my feelings about Ben Affleck. Well, exactly. So that really is saying something. Anyway, I guess we wish them both the best as well. I hope they both don't respectively go off the rails. I hope they just are nice and have good lives going forward. Oh, that's very nice of you. Well, you know, I'm a nice person. Right, I feel like we're building up to like the most important moments of the past few week. weeks. So um, it's been a it's been a real week. We We've had a lot of Harry Styles. Let's it's put it that way. Truly blessed this week. It's been... We're getting we're getting back into the season of Harry Styles. Maybe a little bit of Timmy. A little bit of a teaser there. Um, yeah, truly it is the season of Harry Styles. It's all coming back. We just had... God, where do we even begin, to be honest? So he was filmed filming a video in Cancun in Mexico. He was wearing a nice shimmering silver shirt and high-waisted trousers with I braces. I just wish that he wouldn't wear high-waisted trousers, which are a known weakness of mine. They're just... It's phenomenal, you isn't it? He just, just looks beautiful. You put a man in high-waisted trousers and I'm just... And he had gone. his, like, gelled hair. A very open shirt. Very, very open <sighs> he shirt. An open shirt. So he was fil- spotted filming there and everyone's losing their minds over new Harry music. And then he was in Scotland. He was in this tiny... Quite a quite a contrast, really. He's in a tiny fish- fishing village called St. Abs. And apparently the cover story for this was that it was a mayonnaise video. I don't know who was believing that. Like, I... Oh, yes, Harry Styles, mayonnaise filming. I secretly hope it is a mayonnaise video. Mm-hmm. He looked like he could be an outlander, so it would be like a themed mayonnaise. I mean, video. he does love filming videos in Scotland. If he flies again in his video, I'll be so angry because I wasn't on board with that. I wasn't. With okay. the creepy face, like the creepy, like Silence of the Lambs style oh, face, I don't, I don't skin mask it. thing. I didn't like that at all. But um, yeah, so we had that. And we also had the very up and down dramatic evening of Harry being officially announced as the the sign-on to play Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid. And everyone lost their mind for approximately, I don't know, about four minutes. It was a really stressful, like, half an hour. It really was. And I kind of felt, I don't know about you, but I felt in my bones that this wasn't going to happen. I was like, Harry, he doesn't seem like he's in the right place to be playing a Disney hero. It seemed a bit... I don't know. Didn't seem... He's so cool now. He's so, like, gender fluid and, like... I was surprised that he was going to do it. Doesn't seem like his vibe. I mean, apparently he sat on it until he heard back about the Elvis biopic with Austin Butler. And then, I mean, really, as a consolation, I wouldn't want to play Prince Eric. Can I just quickly sidestep and say that, actually, with regards to the Elvis biopic, I do think that Austin Butler would be He's going to be so good. Because, like, he... I think Harry would be very jarring. Yeah. I think Austin naturally... Harry's problem is that he is always Harry Styles to me. Of course he is. So... Beautiful, lovely Harry Styles. But, yeah, it's too much. It's too much. So, but, um, anyway, yeah, about four minutes later, it was confirmed that, actually, that was all a lie and he's not doing it. Well, so good we're, all for him. Off, we're all off the hook with that, which is good because it means I don't have to go and see a Disney film. Yeah, I was moderately stressed that I would have to go and engage with a live action version of Little Mermaid, which I don't really which have we, any interest no, in. We had absolutely no. Imagine having to review that on a podcast and be like, I literally don't care. I think we would have dedicated a lot of time to Harry's wardrobe and hair. And just completely bypassed everything else. Yeah. Would have been awkward. But then the most important thing, really, is that Gucci released its advert for a new perfume called. <laughs> I can't, I can't, Say I can't it. speak French. Memoir d'une odeur? 
Don't know. One word. Do, do. There you go. Lovely. Roughly translates as memory of a smell. Grand. <laughs> smelly um, memories. <laughs> really just gorgeous. I just love a smelly memory. Uh, but apparently this is their first perfume that is, quote unquote, not assigned to a gender. Um, so they released its promotional advert, which was fronted by, surprise, surprise, Mr. Styles. Oh my God. This Shocking. Month. It's very, uh, it's very hippie. It's very bohemian. They're having this group picnic. They're running through the ruins. They're kissing in the grass. Harry Styles is doing a bit of dancing around a bonfire. And uh, I like yeah, that. Very um, nostalgic. When I was in London, I saw the in one of the department stores. They had a full window display of it, and I just ran across the road, just simply just darting through traffic, yeah. going ah! on Oxford Street, simply to just get a picture of it for you. I mean, I I really felt that it was really good of you. Mm-hmm. Um, the ad also features. Uh, Harris Reed, who's a queer designer, who's a long-term friend of Harry Styles, artist and curator Ariana Papademetropoulos, maybe that hope so. Like a uh, actress, musician Zumi Rosso, and many, many others. There's a huge group of them, and I just want to quote this thing from Harris Reed because it made me lose my mind about. So Harris said, "I just remember the first day we all met. We sat down, and literally within an hour and a half, we were all laughing, taking the photos, and." kissing there you go just harry doing a little snog with some people yeah so this was just an absolute joy and what did we do the other day well we met at lunchtime yeah and we went to our local boots april we're in our 30s can i just point that out well i would like to preface this and say that we were initially just going to go and have lunch but then i remembered that we could go and smell the perfume for important research purposes it was for podcast research reasons not because we're like absolute freaks (laughs) so we went to the boots a local pharmacy train in the uk and just smelt it thoughts feelings um i arrived early and you weren't there and i was trying to look cool and just like sniffing lots of different perfumes like i was casually browsing right yeah Yeah, i was trying to emulate what my mum does when she's looking in like for a perfume um but then when i saw the gucci one i was so excited i just coated myself in it before i'd even smelt it so if it smelled like shit i was in big trouble when i got there you smelt lovely so it's really nice smell should i tell my wasp story yeah please tell the wasp story i'm so sorry i dipped to yeah to explain i dipped did a couple of those little paper wafty sticks one of them sitting on my desk now so i can smell harry at all times but yes continue so you gave me one and i just had it in the top pocket of my my jacket and then yesterday i walked to work and i had my jacket like walking along in the morning having a nice time and i looked down and there was a piece of like white card sticking out of the thing and i was like oh that's lovely wafty stick yeah so i just thought oh yeah that's a thing just remember that and then all of a sudden there was a wasp just (laughs) upon my chest horrible smelling because basically this it's quite florally nice. it's a lovely it's smell. not overly florally but it's a nice smell so the wasp clearly big harry styles fan was as well. just like holy shit this is the new gucci perfume it was just there and i was just not. in your breast pocket yeah so it, um, it was just in the pocket on the card so rather than pulling the card up i mean i have a big fear of wasps i mean i would just get completely naked at that point i had to take my jacket yeah, off i would because it was in the pocket but he's living in there now has he left yet it's gone now yeah okay how long was he in there for a while uh, it was took, took a, a couple of shakes. Did you just did you just tell him like, look, you can have the card. I'll like, go take off this sack. Just flies please. off with this dippy stick. Can just you imagine? Like, yeah, I bet, he smelled, bet, bet he smelled really lovely. I'm assuming it's a he wasp. Uh, yeah, gender neutral wasp. Yeah, gender neutral wasp. And all the boys and girl wasps afterwards were like, woo wee, you smell delightful. Yeah. Um, I made everyone in the office smell it and acted like um, it had nothing to do with Harry Styles. And it was just that I was really into this nice new perfume. The worst part was... Now they know. Is that... <laughs> Our 
after I'd seen you and I was just walking back to the office and then got back to the office, I just kept smelling it and it looked like I was some sort of weird addict. Like, <laughs> do you think that's how Harry smells? You'd um, you'd wear your own perfume, wouldn't you? Well, do you wish to get into the, the topic of what people smell like? Yes, I think that's fair. So we when I was on my way to meet you and we were texting, um, you said like, oh, do you think this is what Harry smells like? What a window into our WhatsApp And then it just descended April. into like talking about what other famous people smell like. And this is not a topic that we haven't addressed before because I think when we talked about Shia LaBeouf once I said that I imagine he just smells like sweat and cigarettes I think we did that on the pod as well like he's a very sweaty sort of cannabis smelling man he would just smell a bit smells like an old mattress I think maybe you said (laughs) something like that yeah he would just smell like a bit of BO and also just of cigarettes and a bit maybe a bit weedy but like sort of in a nice way yeah sort of in a nice way but who else were we discussing Jake uh, I said that Jake Gyllenhaal is extremely a cologne person yeah I think so I um, think so. He would have, like, a very strong-smelling cologne. Yeah, I reckon he, like, coats himself in it. I mean, I'm fine with it. I think it. he would smell very strongly of, like, a nice cologne. It would be it, an expensive it cologne. It would be... It, he would use it enough so that if you left... If he left an item of clothing at your house, mm-hmm. a jumper or You could just perhaps, wear it for, like, four weeks and you it would, would still just, smell like yeah, him. Yeah, and it would smell like him. He'd have a very distinct smell, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I agree. I don't think we got very far with it. We discussed how Timmy d- wouldn't have discovered cologne yet because I, he is, in fact, too young. I said he might just smell of Lynx Africa. He might just wear Lynx Africa still, so it's something something he needs to work on but um good topic though. i'm sure yeah really great we'll topic, expand so. it going forward. if anyone else has any thoughts on what uh celebrities smell like we'd be really into discussing that yeah i'm interested so send them our way um and finally yes the big drum roll please there you go the big news this week was yes. that the little women trailer which we've been promised finally dropped many many times Finally, it's here. So, Little Women is coming out in December. They brought forward the date for us, which I'm very pleased about. Personally for us, me and you. Just personally for us. So, it's going to be directed by our Lord and Saviour, Greta Gerwig. She also wrote the adaption as well, and I'm I'm so pumped. Stars Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, and Eliza Scanlon as the March sisters. We've got Laura Dern as their mother, and Timothy Chalamet is playing Laurie. Don't know who that is. Um, Have you not read Little Women? No, I meant, I didn't know. I was making a joke that oh, I didn't know who sorry. Timothy Chalamet was. Oh my God, uh, no, I do know Laurie. Also, the cast includes Meryl Streep, Bob Odenkirk, James Norton. Lu- I forgot Lewis Gorell, isn't it? Oh my God, Garrel. this is such a cast. Right. So the trailer dropped and thoughts, feelings, emotions. I mean, it opens on Boxing Day in the UK, which is like amazing. Like I, I genuinely feel like I want to see this on Boxing Day. Are like, we going to have to go Christmas. on Boxing Day? I think we're, well, as close to as possible because okay. I just... We can coordinate our Christmas plans. Yeah, I think this is like genuinely a Christmas present for us. It just seems like an absolute fucking joy. There was a lot of there was a lot of Sasha and Timmy time on the in the trailer that I really, really, really appreciated because there's nothing quite like watching those two argue together. I would pay and I will pay good money to watch Sasha just shout at Timmy. It's brilliant. And also, in case anyone hasn't seen it, I think Sony released some footage just ahead of the trailer because they were seeing the trailer was dropping and E put it out and there's a bit in which Sasha says that um, she and Timmy are quote very comfortable physically with one another and I just vomited all over the place and she also talks about how comfortable she is just repeatedly punching him and that just made me want to die I, I feel like they've probably extremely had sex at least once my sense is that she thinks he's just like her bratty little brother and he probably would be so down for it to be more I just I think she's like too cool for him I mean as in factually bait that is a fact she is too not that she thinks she's too cool for him she actually is just too cool for him a little bit of sex though I hope so that's all I mean that's all we want 
that they just go so well together. It'd just be wonderful. But um, scenes of them dancing looked fucking amazing. I just can't believe um, he's playing Laurie. I know it's such a it's such a dream. Did um, you cry when you watched it? Yeah, obviously. I, was, I watched it downstairs. I mean, I watched it initially on my phone and was doing a bit of a weep. And then when I got home that evening, I, I watched it on the television via YouTube, and I was just in bits. And Tom was just sat there watching me like, "What chill is out, happening?" Just chill out. It's I mean, why this is a surprise to Tom at this point with any trailer ever? It's just a lot of things at once. It's just yeah. it's Saoirse, it's Timmy, it's the ge- it's the general story. It's Greta yeah. Gerwig. It's just like three the of my setting, most... like the focus on the the four. Is it four women? Five women. Four sisters. Four sisters. Yeah, it's just amazing. I oh, mean, no, it's, sorry. It's five sisters. It is five sisters. Okay. I forgot um, about Emma Watson. Yes. Which I would like to move on to. Well, I was about to say, because there's been a lot of criticism of Emma Watson, people making fun of her accent, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what do you think of Emma Watson? Uh, mixed feelings. Yeah, I, think, I kind of... I think on. the frustration with her in this film is that it could have been Emma Stone. Yeah, although I don't know whether Emma Stone would have been a bit of a weird fit, you know? Just mm. kind of with the others. I don't know. I don't know whether it would just feel like there's a towering Emma Stone next I to the I think the problem is, sure. is I love Emma Stone a great deal and I'm relatively ambivalent to Emma Watson. Yeah. So I think that that's the problem for me. Her accent is really iffy. I've, yeah, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Emma Watson. I don't really know why. Probably because I think she's actually, in real life, like a very nice person. I think she's really nice. And I do so think... So I think she's a proper decent person. I think there's a lot to be said as well about how difficult it must be to attempt to try and transcend playing such an iconic role yeah. so for her being Hermione Crazy. yeah like she and I think she's done interesting stuff mm. to try and get herself away yeah. from that so I do think that a lot of the criticism often probably revolves around that I feel like she gets a lot of criticism that isn't is unwarranted like yes she's her accent is like slightly veering into the Keira Knightley void of annoying mm. but I, I think she seems like a genuinely nice person and she's a good actress yeah. like, I mean the accent may be I don't not. hate her. I just, I'm just but the I'm, Emma Stone thing has probably ruined it for you. I just think I'm just not sure whether I think Emma Stone would have been a, the right fit or not. I don't know. It just seems like a nice group, like Florence Pugh. Really like Florence I Pugh. Like She's Florence great. Pugh. I think yeah. I think it's a really nice group, and I think we're just going to lose our minds over this totally. I just have tried not to think about it too much since the trailer because every time I do, my heart hurts a little bit. So yeah, it is. All it's of those, be a lot. Uh, all of the gifts, all of the screen grabs of just Timmy doing anything. Saoirse in a bowler hat. Sasha <laughs> in a bowler hat is just. I mean, Sasha just doing anything. Shouty Sasha is just like Sasha in men's clothing. Sasha just. Ugh. She I is just, just the the out and out star of this, and it's just going to be so she's exciting still only to 25, see. Twenty five, which is batshit. She's the coolest. Like I just want to be her best friend. She's so so cool. Anyway, I saw someone accurately say on the internet that this was their Avengers, which I thought was That's like fair. a very good description. Of I feel like film. yeah, I think that is absolutely the case, and I cannot wait for this to go out. What like what a Christmas treat! What an absolute gift! A true gift. So on to things that we've been enjoying slash our main topic for this episode because we decided to save an awful lot up television wise to talk about in one go. Um, It's been a busy, it's been a busy summer of television really, hasn't it? With a few really big hitters that have come out, um, a lot of season twos and follow ups to really big shows that we've sort of talked about before. Um, And we wanted to cover them all in one place because we were a bit concerned, especially last episode, that it would just go on for about six hours. I I think Um, as well, you were 
either midway through stuff or I was midway through stuff. We hadn't finished Killing Eve. We hadn't finished Killing Eve, had we? I think at the time we recorded, you still had a few episodes of Stranger Things left. Mm -hmm. Big Little Lies hadn't finished yet. So So actually, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Summer of television. It really is. It has, yeah, there's been a lot, a lot to pull apart, a lot to talk about. So firstly, Stranger Things 3. So Stranger Things returned on the 4th of July for another eight episodes created by the Duffer Brothers. They also exec produced alongside Sean Levy, Dan Cohen and Ian Patterson. Barely feels like it's worth explaining what Stranger Things is about because everyone knows. Imagine but not knowing what Stranger in, Things is In the about. year of 2019, imagine not knowing about Stranger Things. Um, but we did, we got to see the return of Winona Ryder, David Harbour, Finn... Wolfhard, Millie Bobby Brown, Gaten Matazaro, Matazaro, yeah, Kayla McLaughlin, Noah Schnapp, Sadie Sink. Sadie Sink is the best name. Isn't it reminds me of Sissy name? Spacek. Like that's what I always think. The of. most amazing names. Similarly, red hair as well. Oh, so good. Like alliterative S names are the best. Sadie Sink's the best name. Natalia Dyer, Charlie Heaton, uh, Joe Keery, and how do you pronounce Dacry Montgomery? Dacry Montgomery. It's what I say. Dacry Montgomery. We also had a few newbies such as Maya Hawk, who we will uh, touch on. So a very, very brief Wikipedia overview. Thanks, Wikipedia. So in the summer of 1985 in Hawkins, the newly opened Starcourt Mall has become the focal point of the town, driving other stores out of business. Chief Jim Hopper is conflicted over Eleven and Mike's budding relationship, while Joyce considers moving out of Hawks for better prospects, leaving the state of the children's friendships and her own relationship with Hopper in the air. However, strange power fluctuations trigger Will's awareness of something otherworldly, and Eleven and Max sense something is off about the town's residents, and despite having closed the portal to the Upside Down, fears that they are all in danger from it. Fears that they are all in danger from it still. There you go, Wikipedia, not a great (laughs) sentence. I was like, Jesus Christ, I didn't write that. Anyway, quick preface, um, within four days of its release, Netflix reported that over 40.7 million accounts had seen at least 70% of one episode, a record viewership for any Netflix programme, while 18.2 million people saw the entire season within the first four days, which is nuts. It is truly a Stranger Things world at the moment. It is funny, it is isn't it? crazy. It's absolutely crazy and it's worth saying actually that um i think we were both a little bit nervous going into this about whether we were whether we wanted another stranger things whether we'd enjoy it as much as um we have in the past but secret cinema which is a i assume it's just uk based i think it, i don't think they do it anywhere else but no, anyway secret cinema which is as it sounds a sort of uh, immersive event whereby uh you can book tickets in advance for a cinema showing and they have kind of actors and they set up you know the wherever it's set and it's a fairly secret location that they reveal on the day you know it's all set up to look like the world in which you're kind of the film in which you're in and this is the first television adaption they're doing so they're doing secret cinema uh, stranger things they've teamed up with netflix to do an event that is an immersive event that is based on season three of this and april and i bought tickets in advance of seeing season three i'm so glad we did we just thought do you know what? Fuck it. We we're loved so Sta- Stranger Things. It, we? Yeah, we were on the fence about season three, but we were like, historically, we've loved Stranger Things. The idea of going in anywhere that is set up like a 1980s American small town like Hawk is just, I mean, that would be amazing. So, you know, we get to dress up like we always do um, in normal clothes uh, and it would be great. So we, yeah, so we were waiting for this to drop and I think either both of us were kind of unsure whether we'd go straight in on it, binge it, whether we'd leave it for a bit. I just, I think we're both a little bit apprehensive. Definitely. I had a lot of concerns about 
I think the thing is because I really enjoyed the first season. And season I'd, one was a blinder. Season I, one is just one of the best seasons of television I've ever experienced. I think, like yeah. culturally as a phenomenon, just the way the execution of it is just bananas. It's and fantastic. I it had a lot of feelings about season two, so I think going into three, I was a little bit like this. It, this is like make it or break it. I think. I think so. I mean, they there were a few strands they'd introduced in the Duffer Brothers had introduced in season two. It kind of seemed like they were trying to measure where they could take the story mm-hmm. next. So they had this sort of weird Chicago spin off episode, which I think was universally not a fan favourite at all. And I think I was a little bit worried that that would be the direction they were going yeah. down because they'd set the scene for it. And would they just go for it or would they decide actually based on fan feedback they wouldn't do it at all? Um, and also, you know, if they stick to Hawkins and the Demogorgon, like how far. Can that really go? Is it going to get really repetitive? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think when we talk about some other things is definitely a bit of an issue of kind of TV that maybe should have stopped after a first or second season. Um, so I think we were both a bit concerned, but we both binged it pretty quickly. So do you want to give your thoughts? I just loved it so much. Wasn't it just an absolute fucking joy? It's It was my favourite season, I think, of the three. Yes, I did. It's my favourite season. It came at a time where I think that we all just very much needed something nice. Oh, my God. So I needed something that I was... I felt, like absolutely obsessive about watching the joy it brought i think that it was very very interesting to experience it so the season itself is set in the summer this time around yes not in the autumn it's a change of season and i think i remember when it was first announced and it was going to that it was going to be a summer season and that it was going to be dropping in the summer it was a bit like ah uh, because that's weird because i always always associate stranger things with like autumn, autumn halloween yeah, but i feel like they did such a good job sort of making that transition that seasonal mm-hmm. transition and it made sense actually it made real sense and it made sense for you know the kids being off having their adventures being left you know by the by the parents to just you know spend whole days together having sleepovers and blah 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 like i, I don't know how it, that would work if they i think it really they were supposed to go to school right yeah and it was you know because you have had two seasons where they have been in within a school mm. setting and that has been like a real plot device it was very interesting to have them basically have this summer period mm. where you know dustin's been away for, at camp so but he's come back mm. and then they've still got this expanse of time before school starts and they're kind of so there's a lot of focus on like eleven and mike's relationship lucas there's um, a lot of shift in relationships yeah isn't there completely in and it's this kind of period of time where it's like well, what happens in the summer when you're not at school like how do your friendships work outside of a school setting what are you doing with your free time but then you also have got this underlying vibe of like well the kids are growing up it's really obvious that they are growing up oh yeah you know finn wolf hard for example is shot about oh my god so much he's so tall and lanky now yeah and you know so that and you've got the opening of the mall and this has become this real focus they're definitely not hiding the fact that these kids are get like it's a thing that these kids are getting older you know yeah on and off screen and i think that the way that i i really think that the show is utilizing that in the sense that it seems to be growing with the kids so their interests are are changing and you have got the fact that one sort of thing throughout is the fact that will obviously Mm -hmm. is dealing with a lot of trauma with what he's experienced but he's Mm -hmm. also just being generally left behind because all of his friends are so keen to become teenagers and just go and do all this other stuff and he's kind of just wanting to sit and play D&D and yeah I 
felt like that was a really nice reflection in a way of concerns from viewers and probably from, you know, the guys making this, everyone making this show that the actors are growing too old for the show because, mm. you know, the show is growing year on year. But, you know, in that time span, the actors have actually aged even more. Like, yeah, I felt like that really reflected this idea of like everyone just wants the show to still be... <laughs> everyone wants the kids to still be really young and playing d It's really D&D. funny when you look at footage or any images from the first season especially because they're just like, is it like harry potter where you go oh my babies. god they're actually toddlers they're so like, they look so, so tiny. tiny they do i feel like one of the things i really enjoyed was the way that the use of billy so obviously max and billy joined the show in season mm. two and billy was always posited as this kind of like very classic 80s yeah. villain you yeah. know because of because of the way that steve harrington's character mm-hmm. has changed he was less of the antagonizing figure and you've got like, needed one to fill someone to fill that hole and really, billy very much does feel that kind of like stand by me Keith Sutherland vibe that's probably why I love him so much right but I think that they used him in such an interesting way and obviously um, spoiler warning we will be spoiling a lot of these shows we'll be talking about but I felt like his art came to a very natural end it did I think they it was interesting to see as well that they the Duffer Brothers had obviously I think they pay attention to fan feedback a lot because they've really in this season taken the focus away from Eleven and placed it a bit more on some of the real fan favourites. Mm-hmm. Last season, people think that they really loved Billy. Yeah. And he was someone that people were really enjoying watching. Yeah, and we got to spend more time with him and we saw him fleshed out. Steve, like, Steve was verging on becoming, like, everyone's, you know, everyone's hysterical over Steve last season. We got so much of him this time. I love Steve Harrington. I know you have extremely mixed feelings about Joe Carey, but I just... I love Steve Harrington as a character. I don't fancy Joe Keery. Okay, fine, but I just think that there is... April hates me. I don't hate you, I just... I just... I can't. Steve Harrington in a, sta- in a sailor suit. That was total fanfare. It really was. Like, Scoops Ahoy with just that little sailor hat basically stayed on pretty much the whole time was just... It's it was vibe. amazing. Um, the focus on, like, Hopper's dad role with Eleven... <laughs> Yeah, I just I just loved it. And it felt like a more character centric season. Yeah, I think they so. They spent time breaking the group off because it's summer and because they're doing various things. Like you said, like Dustin went away and now he's feeling a little left out. But he teams up with kind of Steve, Robin and Erica and you have Will, Lucas, Mike and Max are kind of together. You've got Jonathan and Nancy going off and doing their thing. Um, yeah, you had all these little offshoots. I like that a lot. And I think you obviously have like the, the thread of like the mind flare and mm. what it's doing to Billy and the rest of Hawkins. Mm. But I did like the fact that it kind of... It, it what you're right in that it was so much more character driven. You were learning more about the characters and and less about the kind of I don't know. It just felt like it was running concurrently with the, yeah. the supernatural stuff. The supernatural stuff like... was took a bit more of a step back, which I think is good because some of it is you know to an extent it's a bit of a repeat of what's yeah. happened before. Obviously the monsters are shifting and changing, but there's only so much you can do with that threat. It just felt quite nice to just be not focusing so much on Will and Eleven. And yeah. I do think that one of the show's flaws is that it often wheels Eleven out as like a trump card. Yeah. In the sense that like... Eleven big, saves the day. A big thing happens. Oh, well, we're fine because we've got Eleven. And a, and a really interesting thing that happens in this season mm. is that she loses her powers. And mm. it's this idea of like, oh shit, well, what happens when she Actually, her, this yeah. thing and her we... friends have to save her yeah um it completely flips it on its head and as you say like if if this season had just been more of 11 saving the day all the time i think we really it would have tried our patience a lot more and 11 isn't a character that i've loved i will say that like i think and i think that's fairly 
unanimous with people that we've spoken to yeah. is that I feel bad because there's there's definitely something about like the real life career progression of Millie Bobby Brown and the way that that's being handled that makes me feel deeply uncomfortable it bleeds into the show a lot it I does think. and I think that scuppered my view a bit as well because I just feel very uneasy about this sort of enforced I don't know the Millie Bobby Brown's having to grow up very very quickly yeah. isn't she and that it does make me feel a little bit um, her kind of persona now as an actress. Well, it's, it's a great contrast to like the male members of the cast. Yeah, if you compare her I feel like they're, they're allowed the to be kids yeah. and she's having to, you know, wear really fancy designer dresses and speak like a grown-ass woman way, way, way too early. Yeah, it makes me quite uncomfortable and yeah, and it slightly verges on annoying, which is Yeah, but I think that I, you know, I think that it was really interesting to see Eleven develop in this season and it is the first season. I liked season. Eleven a lot more this Absolutely, season. Absolutely, is what I was going to say. I think it's the first season where I've... It's not the first season, but like I feel like it's brought me back in because season two, I just... It was getting... A, it was too much for me, I mm-hmm. think. I was just finding her really annoying. Yeah. So it was interesting to sort of see her kind of... I don't know. Just give her more of a normal like adolescent yeah and her friendship with max i really liked as well like a true like when she's having problems with mike and max is like fuck this like obviously she doesn't say that she's a child um she says like you know we're gonna go off and it's nice we're gonna have fun as best friends that's so nice yeah i really just the idea of them running around the mall like oh it's just so i loved that i did like how they the buddying up of characters Mm -hmm. the little dynamics obviously you've got the you've got steve working at scoops ahoy and he's got dustin comes back and they you know I love that immediately but you've also got the new character of Robin played by Maya Hawke who is amazing I just love her she's so good she looks like an exact combination of her parents it's wild it is odd it's so wild that is like you're on the sims and you've like you've made a a baby Uma yeah you've hit the like random generator oh god I'm getting too far into the sims now but basically she's an exact also, I think both. the thing as well I noticed, I don't know about you, but it's like you could close your eyes and it's Uma Thurman. Yeah, she it really, sounds yeah, like she does sound but like she's, Uma Thurman. She's wow. brilliant as Robin and the way that her and, and Steve work together mm-hmm. and, you know, they're sort of, they're working at Scoops Ahoy and their friendship isn't necessarily like particularly close, but as the, the story progresses, they, you know, through circumstances, they just get... And you're totally thing. led to believe that their relationship is one thing and it's heading towards a certain direction and then it like completely spins I am so glad that they didn't right what a relief that that didn't end up going down a romantic avenue because I feel like that just would have been I don't know it just would have been lazy it would have been lazy I would have been been into it but I'm glad they didn't that was such a lovely moment when they were chatting in the bathroom stalls like I love that because I had just assumed actually that that they would Oh yeah, hundred percent. I was like, this is what TV does. They're yeah. going to hook up, and yeah, it wasn't like that at all. And I really, really enjoyed that. That little discussion felt very nice, and I think it's you know a good acknowledgement of how you know male and female friendships don't always have to be romantic and sexual. And I think it's quite nice to have like two grown adults, well not grown adults, but like two older right teenagers just being friends and hanging out together. Um, I I think that one of the things that is obviously Stranger Things selling point is the nostalgia aspect the fact that it's so like 80s referential yeah it's and, so pop culture heavy but I do think that 
it feels relevant and it feels contextual you know from off from the beginning yeah. you've got them going to the cinema and they're sneaking into a screening of day of the, dead. the dead yeah i feel like the amount of like john carpenter references yeah the there's loads of john carpenter references like yeah with Christine the thing and, and the thing and, yeah you know you've got batch of the future of the cinema as well the entire russian storyline <laughs> is like i've got to say when initially because that that starts out like right at the beginning you yeah get dropped you're, in this you're russian in, conspiracy yeah and i I was a little bit I think I was a little bit worried just because of I don't know I wonder whether it was like too big for the small town mm-hmm. feel and I was like wow okay we're really introducing like a Russian conspiracy here yeah. I do get that there's a lot of it's very referential but I was a little bit concerned about whether that would just I don't know implode and just just seem like a bit of a weird choice like that I'm supposed to not that I'm supposed to believe because obviously it's a fucking like fantasy tv show but the idea of like Russians infiltrating this tiny I don't know I wasn't really sure but actually it was it was fun I feel like it's very red dawn yeah it's very yeah it like a lot of films and TV at that time, obviously you've got like the looming, the, the sort of the Cold War as an overarching mm-hmm. thing. And I felt like... I think it had its... It made sense because of all of that. Yeah, and but I think I was definitely as sceptical as you. I mean, I understand that like as a reference to media of the time, mm-hmm. it makes sense because so much like pop culture at the mm-hmm. time was, you know, if there was like a villain, it was the Russians. And obviously like there's a lot to be said about how that sits in 2019 mm-hmm. as well. So I, I wonder if it was a bit of... Yeah, a bit, a of, bit both of both, though. definitely, yeah. I can't remember what I was reading somewhere. They were saying that, like, there were lines and scenes from other films that they've literally repeated verbatim in this, um, which, I mean, I'm not I'm not clever enough to be able to recognise all of those, but... Um, I think there was a very good thread on Vulture, which I will locate and will share, where it was, like, like a lot of Easter egg references oh, nice. to other things yeah. from Stranger Things Season 3 to that match up with sort of, like culture popular culture of that particular time period so i definitely will locate that because it was very interesting actually and i purposefully avoided articles like that until yeah, i finished yeah. the show because i didn't want it to be like oh i can't wait for yeah things to pop up yeah, yeah. and i think some people found that it's the the referential nature of this is getting a bit too much now i mean personally like this is basically why i watched the show this yeah. is what attracted me to the show in the Same. first place so i haven't really got bored of it but i can i can kind of see what other people might mean but yeah i can personally, see personally i i kind of love it i can see it both ways but i do think it is its major selling point a lot of the mm-hmm. time and, and it it requires you to have a level of understanding of pop culture of that time period in order to kind of decipher what is happening on the show anyway. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you have to kind of have a, like a level of buy-in mm-hmm. with that stuff in order Absolutely. to sort of enjoy the show. I mean, was there anything in particular that you didn't enjoy from this season? I've got a few gripes, but... Tell me your gripes, because I don't know if I... I don't know. Well, really. my, only, my only gripe is that... So one of the, the plot lines from the season is that um, Hopper finally gets Joyce to agree to go on a date with him. Oh, yeah. And then she doesn't turn up because she's involved in the magnets. <laughs> involved in the... She's just really into magnets, She's really guys. into magnets. She just wants to know how they work. Yeah, so there's like a... You know, she gets down a wormhole of trying to figure something out because of the energy surge. And then Hopper reacts really poorly to Yeah, this. he does. He behaves like an absolute... Sh- 
sport and that's my only thing but that i have is that he's just kind of an ass about it and it just leave hopper alone he's kind of like trying to bully her into going out with him again and she obviously does agree that yes they will go on a date together and that was my only thing is that like leave the girl alone yeah i mean maybe she doesn't want to go on a date with you yeah but i mean i guess it works in terms of like the character of hopper and Mm -hmm. it feels like someone like that would react in he is a bit of a dick like yeah but it, that for me in particular. The only other thing as well is that I do think the show has an issue with knowing what to do with Will Byers at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, He definitely feels like a sort of... He's almost become... Poor Will. Where just... Eleven is being fleshed out a little bit There's more. no development there with Will, is no, there? No, Will feels to be a little bit in the background kind of dwindling. And there was just a point where any time... And obviously one of the plot points is that Will is sensitive to mm-hmm, the energy mm-hmm. and can feel when the mind flare is there. But it it does feel a little bit like Harry Potter's scar to me. Yeah, where it's yeah, like, I can see that. Oh, Will touches his head like, oh no. The, oh, the I can mic. feel that, that, yeah. The... After a couple of times of that happening, it just felt a bit like I could really do without yeah. that side of things. But those are really only yeah. my issues, I think. I think they could do with spending a little more time with Will and trying to unpack his trauma because he's been left with so much from the earlier seasons and we're not spending any time with him really trying no, I mean, to the cope only... with that. It's kind of like, well, yeah, Will's fucked up. Yeah, like, and the, only, the only little kind of nod to that you get is when he does go and destroys yeah, yeah. his cave. Yeah, the like, little hideout. Hideout where... in, the, in the woods, yeah. which is obviously like a very like symbolic destruction mm. of his childhood. Mm. And I, But I do think it will be really interesting to see what they try and do with him in season four. Obviously, at the end of the season, the buyers move away from mm. Hawkins. Maybe that will do him some good. I do feel like they haven't given him any time to... I think I it's know. just I think it's just because comparatively compared to the rest of the group, mm. he is being left behind, which is the point, but it yeah. is just, it felt a bit lazy. I mean, should we talk about the ending? Yeah, I just cried my absolute fucking face off. It was so, just deeply traumatising. Obviously, um, you've got the fact that... I um, hate goodbyes. I hate goodbyes too. And Hopper's death. Dun, dun, dun. We put it loosely, death. Um, I mean, they lot. can't... Like, you know, they have they can afford to kill off Billy. Yeah. They can't afford to kill off Hip- Hopper. So I... Um... No, but I think my issue actually with that is that Hopper's... So one of the things is that Eleven receives a letter that Hopper had written to her when he was trying to get across to her why he was being such a pain in the butt about her relationship with Mike. Mike yeah. And it's all about, you know, him taking on this father role and how she's growing up, but he doesn't want her to grow up too fast because he wants her to have, you know, yeah. life. And mm-hmm. it's this really, really heartfelt speech, which I cried my entire way through. Face off, yeah. Because it comes after this, you know, so he dies and then it's this. Oh, it was so traumatic. It was so traumatic. And my only issue will be that if he's alive, it completely undervalues the power of that letter. Yeah, it does. Which is, I mean, it would be very brave of them to keep him dead. Yeah. But it might be, like, narratively speaking, as you say, it might be a good thing. I don't think they'll do it because I think they think they can't manage without him. 100%. David Harbour is They'll bring him back. But yeah, it does feel a little bit, like, disingenuous then having this, like, massive scene, which was really, like, the most heartbreaking scene they've ever had on that show. It was... And then, even at the end, they almost pretty much teased that he's probably alive. Yeah, it packed an emotional punch, didn't it? They didn't even leave him, like, yeah, they, I think they probably shouldn't have had that end. No, I have issues with that. That undid it a bit as well, like, don't, don't worry too much, 
Because it's probably Yeah, I mean, I've read a lot of, um, a couple of pieces online about sort of analysing that letter that Eleven is mm-hmm. reading, that David Harbour, is, Jim Hopper's voiceover, is mm. reading to her um, about actually there's a lot of the kind of phrases and wording mm-hmm. in that could be alluding to like well actually is he in the future is he in the yeah, past yeah, yeah. is the gate the portal is yeah. that something about moving is he forward gonna be, back yeah. in time or anything like that so I don't know I just I love the season so much and in a way that I had not anticipated yeah. at all I hope that next season because we are getting a season four yeah there's talk that either season four or season five will be the last I hope that season four is the last me too because yeah you just don't want to flog this to, for too long because at some point it will fall apart my worry is that they will drag it out for an extended period of time rather than letting it go out on a high which is what I think the I mean show I'm deserves. shocked they managed to get three seasons out of this already because yeah. it could have really fallen apart by now they've Come done some really fucking good storytelling to manage it so far I remember after that first season we had a discussion we were like how could they do a two yeah and I would have been quite happy with just mm-hmm. one season mm-hmm. like I'm grateful that they've done this but um yeah I think they're the it's risky business going on for too long and also those kids really are getting older and I don't think it's going to carry the same weight if they're all Nancy and Jonathan's age like I just don't think people will care as much it's the fact that they're kids that people are really engaged with yeah. this I think yeah, that has yeah, a big a lot to yeah really important so these kids are getting going to be far too old if they keep going with it it feels like the show has a natural expiration point that it should Does. acknowledge I hope they're brave enough to just do that as well I think they will do because it sounds like they listen to fan feedback and the reaction to things quite closely it really does so um, I'm hoping that they follow that and maybe we just get like a really good season four and then that's it and then can they release it on DVD so I can actually have it so that's our thoughts on the season we did ask for other people to let us know what they thought so a few little pointers here Ben said nothing but love for Stranger Things 3 uh, that was a joy and the wardrobe was especially wonderful uh, Georgie really agreed wasn't. and said lots of tearful moments Stacey said loved it so much for the nostalgia alone but it kept me on my toes and Billy with a mullet I'm in Ugh, Billy with a mullet what's going on there I can't why do I fancy Billy with a mullet so much it was a vibe and it? not without a mullet no, really Dacry Montgomery is not attractive to me in real life at no, all. No, he's not my vibe at all. Um, but when he's just like a lifeguard with that hair. I did enjoy like... that entire lifeguard like bit in those first episodes. I was all of those around. thirsty middle-aged women. Just I have was never like related to a character in Stranger Things as much as those women on the <laughs> sun loungers. I could just picture that being us, basically. So, Big Little Lies, season two, was something yes. else that we've enjoyed uh, recently. So a little bit of a synopsis of this season is, um, this again is from Wikipedia, truly rinsing those... Uh, thanks, Wiki. Thanks, Wikipedia. So in the aftermath of Perry's death, Celeste, Madeline, Jane and Renata try to move on with their lives whilst Bonnie considers turning herself into the police. Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shalene Woodley and Zoe Kravitz return as the Monterey Five. They're joined in the second season by Meryl Streep who plays Mary Louise, Perry's mother, who comes to the area to find the truth after her son's sudden death. So I think that we did talk about Big Little Lies season one in part. So I know mm-hmm. that I watched it, been rushed over a weekend with my friend Paisley and then you watched it on the plane to and from, <laughs> to and from New York. Yeah, New in two York. bits I did. God, that was ages ago. It felt like, it felt like two lot. years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago, wasn't it? So I really enjoyed season one. Um, I haven't read the book, so I had no prior no, awareness of what the show was going to be about. But as a kind of one-off HBO limited series, I was fully in with it. I felt like it had some really great performances. It was the, great. The ensemble was really great. cast was brilliant. You know, it's always wonderful to see such a female-centric show mm-hmm. with like such strong leads as well yeah. that all had their own characters. 
character arcs and developments and were utilised in really interesting ways. That said, coming off the back of uh, what we've just said about Stranger Things, I felt like there didn't need to be any more. No, and I think they've, I think going into it, this is where it turns now. We've got Stranger Things that has kind of managed to pull this off quite well. And this has certainly to my mind not worked as no. well at all and I think that's a fairly yeah I was gonna say so what are your what's your what's your overall feeling on this I mean I was kind of happy to watch it because I was really happy to be reunited with these characters again yeah. as you were saying like I didn't feel like I needed a season two when they announced Meryl Streep I was pretty excited and I thought actually you know that could that could be fun to watch I'm here I'm watching it because of those central women and their relationships to one another and despite it's sort of the first season centering on a sort of fairly dramatic murder mystery, it was much more about their relationships, you know, themes of sort of middle class life and, you know, the domestic setting with this sort of dark undercurrent where they're talking about adultery and domestic violence and all these kinds of things. My general impression of this season was it definitely feels less sharp and focused than season one. And there are, you know, potential reasons for that that we'll go into. I mean, the fact alone that they had like 15 editors just seems a bit mad. I've, I think I was interested for the first few episodes. Yeah. They felt fairly strong. And I was like, this is still a show driven by the characterization and by these women. Yep. And I was interested to see how they were going to continue after sharing this big, you know, secret together, this big little life especially um, because it brought them together it really did obviously you've got you know a lot of the characters were slightly at odds in season Mm. one but this was something over the course of that first season they kind of came together and then this Mm. seems to have been like a bonding you know we're all joined together actually let's band and you wanted to see how they were going to wrestle with that i mean it was fairly obvious from the start that bonnie was really going to struggle with the guilt of this and i you know i wanted to see how that would unfold and it but it did unravel it really did unravel as the season went on it just became a bit more of a slog i remember like that i think it's fairly early on where they have that pta meeting yeah um where the parents are discussing like the children being because one of the children fainted or something didn't they because they were talking about climate change and it's so dry and so dark but just really hilarious and I was like this is like this is the big little eyes that I really enjoy yeah but there weren't really many of those moments afterwards (laughs) you kind of had you know Meryl Streep introduced and she is great and a fascinating character and just an absolute pain in the ass but there was just too much focus given to her in the custody trial in the end I think that's the that's the real problem for me is that I just found that custody trial it was just I, I mean I had to ask you actually in advance what would happen with the custody trial I needed to know because I was finding it really painful to watch but at the same time like I it was just really grueling and depressing but I, yeah. it was too drawn out yeah and I just wanted to know the results so I could move on to other things that seem more interesting like Bonnie and you know her guilt but also her relationship with her mother um I could probably even spend more time with Renata and her fucking bankruptcy to be honest it was just it became too focused on the the custody trial completely my overwhelming feeling is why does this season exist oh yeah it's just it feels really hard to not feel let down by this season um especially because of the momentum of season one um yeah this felt like much more of a slog yeah it really felt like a slog i really had to push myself through those final episodes i think the final three or four three episodes four episodes are just they all bleed into one as just yeah i fell behind on the season fairly quickly because it became apparent to me that actually there was no i wasn't feeling as compelled to be like oh my god new episode of big little lies need to watch watch it it. yeah von and i like 
like bulk watched the final few. We binged them together because I just thought to myself, like, if I don't watch them all right now, I'm not going to finish it. No, that's how I felt a little bit as well. I really could have done without the lengthy court scenes. Yeah. Um, the, the sort of the focus on the legal battles between Celeste and Mary Louise just seemed to sort of overshadow the things I was actually interested yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, there were so in. many interesting threads for them to pick up and I feel like they chose the wrong ones to focus on, really. Completely. I mean, I think that I liked how... I did like how they expanded on Jane's story to a point. Uh-huh. So, for example, like how her trauma has affected her ability to have relationships sure. with other men. That did yeah. feel like real and interesting. Absolutely. And we obvious... didn't spend a lot of time with that, though. No, and it did feel like it was being used as a kind of a contrast to how Celeste was dealing with the trauma of the abuse that she yeah. had been through and also the, the Perry's death, i.e. Mm-hmm. the fact that she was kind of seeking comfort in a lot of like fleeting, potentially yeah. dangerous yeah. relations with men. Absolutely. I those two things were really interesting, like... As a contrast, yeah, 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 completely. I just really, you know, would have been... The entire plot line with Bonnie and her mother mm-hmm. was interesting to a point, but I didn't... They really did understand. shoehorn that in at the end, though. I feel so... like if that had been an earlier, I don't know, just an earlier thread that we knew of, it would have been interesting to explore it more, but it got properly it just shoehorned really like, at the oh, end. We need to add this in. Again, the Ed and Abigail storyline just felt a bit Oh, like, I just didn't care, why? to be honest. I mean, you know, so obviously in the first season, um, Abigail had an affair with the theatre the director and Ed becomes aware of this mm-hmm. in the second season and then he basically just behaves abhorrently for 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 a few episodes mm-hmm. and then that's resolved by the fact that they then renew their wedding vows. Yeah, fine. Okay. Cool. I mean, great. Good it for them. Like it was on a, track. It just felt like it was like Abigail needed to have a storyline so yeah. that was something they And I don't think they really knew do. what to give her. Yeah. No, absolutely. completely. I mean, the overwhelming feeling for me was that Laura Dern, quote unquote, won the season because I mm. really did think that she, her performance as Renata was just brilliant. We just, uh, everyone just loved the outbursts, really. I mean, exactly. like, it was just rewarding to, you could just watch Laura Dern, like, losing her shit at any point and that would be fun. Completely. But I think there is a lot to be said about the way that, um, and I felt this actually, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to talk about a film we saw recently, but there was something to be said about the way that the show felt like it was just being instantly gift and instantly memed. Really? Yeah, right. Like, you saw, you saw memes ahead of, like, the episodes. Like, and you already knew what was kind of, like, the main, I don't know, dramatic points of the story. Yeah, and I feel like when that becomes more interesting to me than the show, I and feel like And when the fucking cut out the scene with the thrown ice cream that they didn't include becomes more interesting to me than the show, that's when you know you're in trouble I I really like Nicole Kidman and I really like Meryl Streep and them facing off against each other in a courtroom Mm. was obviously nice to see because they're putting in good performances it was just too long it was just too long. It was just too long. It and then, just and went then, on and on and you've on. got the twist at the end where it's like they go to the police station, and that was it. And I was just yeah. like, "Why could you not have done this? They and needed that, like I mean, three more episodes." Yeah, and that seemed a little bit weird as well because I mean, I th- I think it always seemed like Be- Bonnie would eventually end up there because she was struggling so much. It seemed a, I don't know, like Cel- Celeste's literally just won her children back, so I don't know why she's turning herself in. It was just a bit. Again, it was a bit shoehorned at the end wasn't it it was like oh plot twist they're all at the police station now I just feel like there there were clearly a lot of issues with the season as a whole both on screen and off screen and I felt like the stuff with Andrea Arnold to give it some context it was really interesting that I think this came out pretty much afterwards didn't it once it was was um, it once it's midway through because I said to you I think that as soon as I read the news which I'm sure you'll explain in a second um, it really tainted my view 
previewing of the season. Yeah, and I think a lot of people felt that way. So the mixed reviews were starting to roll in. Yeah. People were, you know, it had a strong start, but then people were starting to say, like, actually, I don't know if I am enjoying this as much. And then it was revealed that the show's uh, creators had wrestled back directorial control from Andrea Arnold, and they gave it back to season one director, Jean-Marc Vallée, and he basically re-edited most of the episodes back into his own style. So Arnold was initially promised that the show would be sort of done in her vision. She could spend a lot more... I think she wanted to spend a lot more time with the characters in quite a nuanced way. And she was unaware that Valet would be coming back in and after his work on Sharp Objects and taking this back and editing the footage. Um, and I think they they did a lot of additional photography and they reshot a lot. And um, they just significantly reworked a lot of the episodes and episodes were shortened as well because they were a little bit longer. And I think it, yeah, they did spend a bit more time developing some of the characters. I think the thing is that John Mark Valet went to do Sharp Objects, which is mm-hmm. why he couldn't do Big Little yeah. Last Season 2. But then if they wanted him to do it so they should have just waited. They should have just waited. And yeah. I think it's really unfair. Andrea Arnold is someone whose work I absolutely adore, and she's got a very good visual style. Yeah, which would have been so interesting. It would have been. I feel like we've missed out on an opportunity to see what she would really have done. Really annoying. With that. And yeah. I feel like, you know, when it was announced that she was going to be involved, I was so pumped because mm. a amazing female director mm-hmm. great to have her on board but I was also yeah on a female really, fronted show as well right I was also really interested to see in which direction she would take mm-hmm. it I mean Jean-Marc Vallée has got a very unique visual style as well mm-hmm. so I feel like you could have had such a nice kind yeah. of you know contrast but accompanying you know do yeah. you see what I mean and That's... we always know that it's a huge risk coming in later and reworking and editing and changing things that have already been shot yeah. like I mean even if they had just stuck with him as you say and waited it out we probably still would have come out with a better te- like better season yeah and because it, they it, were just trying to mess these two mesh these two things together yeah it just didn't work it feels like they did andrew arnold a complete disservice it just felt like i think that's less left a bad taste in a lot of people's yeah, mouths I think it has. um i mean saying that it's still got an 87 percent fresh rating on rotten tomatoes and 82 on metacritic so clearly people were still loving it but i don't know whether i don't know whether that's just down to the cast and the strength of the performances because of course they perform really well they are great performances i think the show gets a lot of goodwill because of the the caliber of the cast yeah it's huge and it's great but that you do actually need a decent story um and a decent narrative to follow like to hang those performances off so i don't think great performances are enough to carry this through i just was bored by the end of it and when it finished i was like i'm kind of glad i'm done with it now and I just assume they're doing a, a season three. They are doing a season three. Um, and it's such a shame because that's not yeah. how I felt after the first season. I remember no, being it was, so blown away by and it. And this is why I think I think we, ever since we knew that they were going to do a season two, we've been apprehensive yeah. because it was such a perfectly crafted first season and it began and ended in such an amazing way. It just felt very neat and it was just going to be... It's just so interesting that the stuff that we're reviewing this time, a lot of it is sort of season two or continuation of something that could have easily just been a single you know, it could have been a mini series, as you say. Um, And it's just funny to see how these things are kind of turning out, really. Um, On a related note, Killing Eve season two premiered um, in April for everyone else, but the UK didn't get it until June. Yet again. Fucking outrageous, honestly. Just why? Why? So rude. Why? Season two of Killing Eve, yeah. Again, I I, I don't know whether we were necessarily 
expecting it or maybe we were expecting it because we knew they couldn't help but have another season given its success whether we wanted it is an entirely different question um we knew going into this that phoebe waller bridge didn't write the script for it she stayed on board as exec producer but god knows what that means means i mean everyone's an exec producer nowadays means nothing so emerald fennel which is the best name i've ever heard in my life was hired as head writer she's done call the midwife before and she was (laughs) it's well it's just very different to killing eve Um, isn't it it's, it's, a, it's a show, isn't it? It's a real... I mean, I've watched some of Call the Midwife. It's, oh, it's entertaining. It's just not the same as Clinging. And she was joined by uh, Lisa Brawlman and Francesca Gregorini as directors. The show sees the return of Sandra O oh as Eve, Jodie Comer as Villanelle, Fiona Shaw as Carolyn Martins, Kim Bodnia, I think, as our favourite Constantine. Sean Delaney as Kenny and many others shout out to Hugo played by Edward Blumel who uh, April couldn't stand um, and I just really uh, enjoyed winding her up about it um so season two opens directly after the close of season one eve has been uh, stabbed for now and we we just jump straight back into their cat and mouse relationship which is continuing but there's also the the introduction of a new assassin called the ghost so we were we were excited to watch this i think we were excited to be we were apprehensive but we were excited to get back in with eve and with villanelle because there were just so many aspects of that first season that we fucking loved. I loved season one so much. I had such a nice time watching it with you. It was just... And also, because we got to it really late in the game. Yeah, we did, we, Everyone we? else had seen it by the time we actually got around to watching it. And I remember just being like, you know when something's so hyped and you're really apprehensive and then when it actually achieves... You're like, oh, it met... Yeah, it, met expectations. It met, meets your ex- expectations in a way that you're like, fuck yes, I'm so relieved. Mm-hmm. And so... And that, at the end of that season, I remember being like, I hope they just leave it at this. Knowing that was another self contained wouldn't. Yeah. And can't leave anything be, guys. Right. And and so I was looking forward to this and the first few episodes. I was like, cool. I think we were in it. We were yeah. like, you know, there's some props we're enjoying this. Phil Nell's, you know, still a very lovable villain. Um, there's a lot of great outfits and the outfits were important last time. But yeah, go on. But I just it felt so much less compelling than season one. Yeah, I mean I think it's I really love the dynamic between Sandra O oh and Jodie Comer. I yeah. think they work really well together, but I just don't think there's much more that you can do with this premise once they've met. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is the problem, isn't it? It's that repetitive... It feels so um, repetitive. The cat and mouse aspect is just getting a bit too samey now, and um, I don't think it lets us down quite to the extent of Big Little Lies. Oh, no, But it just not. really didn't have the same impact, did it? No. Just not, it's just a bit too samey. And I can't tell if... I mean, I don't... I think it's really lazy to presume that its flaw is in the fact that Phoebe Waller-Bridge wasn't involved in no, the writing yeah. but tonally it did feel different yeah. there was yeah. something about it that just felt a um, little bit off yeah Emerald I mean props to Emerald because actually coming in as the new head writer for this must be a really fucking Tough hard gig. and you know what like how do you follow that up and keep things fresh and you know generally speaking people still really love this season and there are some really really good bits in it it's still very clever and witty there's some really you know it looks brilliant looks brilliant it's got some killer relationships in it it's you know there are some great things there's a lot about you know the continuation of sort of themes of food and fashion and desire and all these things that I, i just really loved about season one so it's a huge act to follow 
but it just doesn't doesn't quite live up to season one but maybe you know that's not that might not be at all because of the change in writing like it could have happened with Phoebe Waller-Bridge as well who knows yeah completely I just felt like I had to read Wikipedia yeah I mean I my 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 attention definitely wavered and then I'd have to catch up a little bit I felt like when we watched those last final episodes I was having to like go on Wikipedia and be like wait what's going like who what why why have they done that what's this thread line I mean you know using Villanelle to help track down the ghost and solve the other kind of murder mysteries was fine but it just meant that the cat and mouse dynamic I'd liked had just felt like it was disappearing yeah it did and yeah I liked I liked this idea of Eve sort of Eve's downward spiral mm. she's coming down to Villanelle's level yeah, and Villanelle's completely. taking real satisfaction in that and you know and that culminates in spoilers in Eve killing Raymond with the axe which is just so jarring and gory and disgusting and you're just so left so shocked by it yeah. but again yeah there's not I don't think there's a lot of risk involved as well no. like you kind of know that they're never going to kill each other yeah that's what I mean and it's just sort of it, it feels like I mean one of the pieces of feedback we had from someone when we asked them what they thought Ben said um, all that sexy tension wasted for them to just hire her yeah it's true right? they, they really manipulated that kind of the sexual tension between yeah. Villanelle and between Eve and then when they actually get her on board and they're working alongside each other and then they have to sort of like pull them apart again and, they, yeah, and it just felt yeah. a bit like this feels so laboured a lot of the time yeah it really does in the end where they're sort of like almost trying to give it a go at the end I was like oh I just don't care about this like just, it, I didn't I never I don't want them to have a happily ever after, to no. be honest. So it was it was just, just that's a bit... besides the point, I think. I did yeah. I definitely similar to um how I had to sort of drag myself through the end of Big Little Lies. I didn't have to drag myself through end of Killing Eve, but I was just bored at parts like Yeah, I think even Constantine and Kenny's shorts couldn't get me. Those episodes just started to feel quite there. long. Yeah. They were very and... there's there's just a bit of sameness there, isn't there? And I think it is that lack of risk as well yeah it did feel like sort of retreading things they've already done before but not in like an interesting kind of like oh well how can we you know build out from this it just yeah. like this feels very starts to feel very prescriptive which uh, yeah. when a show feels like that it's just not a good sign for me i mean actually interestingly when we asked for people to give us their thoughts on the shows that we've sort of going to be talking about this was the one where I had loads of feedback. Oh, really? Which for me, and and the majority of it was kind of like fine, it was but fine. like Simon said, fine but mundane. Which yeah. I felt like that was yeah. very, very like I wouldn't have bothered watching season two if it had been season one. If 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's true. I think that yeah. if this had been like the season the they'd gone season, out of the gate yeah, with, I would have been like, I'm not. I can't be bothered no, to watch no. this again. It did, did. Georgie said that she felt like it had lost its thread, which yeah. I think is completely Very true. true. I don't yeah. know what the point is anymore. No, and how I many can't. times can you kind of pull and stretch this dynamic between yeah. Eve and Villanelle? And they almost, and then other. they don't, and yeah, then they just... do, and then they don't, and then they and yeah, that that is a really can only work. That's got a shelf life. It really does. I have no idea what could, they could do for season three. Really, right. and that's a problem. Yeah, I really don't care at this point. So I don't know how that's gonna. It's just underwhelming in a way. Yeah, and it's a shame me. because there are some there are some nice things about it, and there are you know it has stayed sharp in some ways. I just think it is that cat and mouse dynamic that's just not gonna it's just not gonna last is it no i don't even know where to end discussing it really it's just it kind of trails off you just feel a bit like that's how i feel about like the entire season is it just sort of fizzled out much like 
our discussion of it. Um, so there are a few other things that we have been watching TV wise that I think we wanted to just kind of Give shout out. Touch on, yeah. Shout out. What have you got that you've? So shout out to Shit's Creek, which we've mentioned oh, before. Um, Shit's Creek is interesting because it's been going since 2015, but it's definitely had this like delayed. I feel like there's a real delayed reaction Completely. to this, where suddenly. I'm hearing about it, like, just before I started watching, I was hearing about it all the time on podcasts. And then Vaughn had come over and said, you really need to give this a try. And It feels like it filled the void for a lot of people who needed, like, a nice, easy, heartwarming watch. Absolutely. And didn't really have anything. Like, a lot of shows had finished. Yeah. And they needed something new. Because this is completely what happened with me. Is that I'd, I, Like you, I'd been hearing mm. about it. And then Vaughn was like, are you guys watching Shit's Creek? And I think at some point while she was here, I was like, oh, I need to watch that. Like, I feel like crap today i need to buy want something i don't have to pay too much attention to mm. that is going to like an easy breezy in like 25 minute chunks just Completely. something really easy to watch and then i started this and i was like finally i understand where everyone else has done the same recently yeah just... i think i didn't quite expect actually i expected it to be funny having people like Catherine o'hara on board and like daniel levy is you know obviously very very funny but i didn't expect it to be so like poignant and heartfelt i didn't expect to love it and become as obsessed with it as as i have mm-hmm. it really took me by surprise because yeah, i thought it was going to be one of those things that i would just work just my fun. way through and yeah. and if someone had said like have you watched Shit's Creek I'd go like yeah I've seen it yeah I thought like it will it's a, like something to yeah as you say just sort of breeze through and it's a bit of fun but um it just feel very soul. attached to those characters in a way that I did not expect no completely um, particularly love... Moira and David obviously and David and Patrick's relationship I just feel very hi David it's Patrick oh, it's just very very much it's great so I think we'd both like fully fully recommend that to anyone who hasn't seen it just quickly Ted or Mutt oh Ted I think Ted leveled up in a way I didn't expect. And he's got, like, baby Ryan Gosling vibes. Yeah, I mean... Mutt's fine. I don't think Alexis expected him to level no. up either. And the thing with Mutt is that he's fine with a beard. And then he's he gets not rid of the beard. beard and I, I wasn't yeah. into it. Yeah. And so, But I was... So I was extremely pro-Mutt. Mm-hmm. And Ted was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then Ted got hot. Yeah. But no one's as hot as Daniel Levy. Isn't it disgusting Daniel how Levy attractive he is? is so hot... It's rude. I I think I think that it's quite funny. So we have an Instagram account which we try and update on the regular, and you know it's quite a small Instagram account. And a, th- a thing that really blew my mind was that I post. We'd been talking about how much we love Daniel Levy, so I posted a nice picture of him. And it, of all the Instagram posts we've ever had. It's the one that got like the most likes and comments because you people, are all thirsting. People Daniel Levy, loving guys. Daniel Levy, and I just think that's brilliant. From I was so pleased. I was like. Good for good for good for everyone. You know, actually, I'm glad this is a thing that we've touched upon because it seems like everyone really, really fancies him. Everyone wants to um, talk about it, and uh, no one was mentioning it. So I'm glad we've brought it to the forefront, and we can all now just accept that he is extremely compelling and also really handsome. Yeah, it's one of the things that. So when people, I asked people for feedback, Stacey said it's one of the best TV shows. Every character is so good. The writing's genius, and and David is a damn best. He really, really is. He's just a treat. He's a treat. It's worth watching it just for him, but also Catherine O'Hara is just like, I've missed her. She was she's she's, she's great. So you know, good. she's so good. She's just brilliant. Um, love it so much. 
And do you want to touch briefly on Euphoria? Like I, oh yeah, I'm sure we'll do a bit of. How much Euphoria have you watched? I mean, I've only watched three episodes because I haven't had time at all. Okay. I've been away, so I can't, I can't comment on it too much. Um, maybe we'll do a big full review at some point. I don't yeah. Know, but... So I'm, um, I, God, it's really funny. I always find, and have always found, that you're the one that always watches a lot of TV, mm. and I seem to blast my way through films yeah. at like an alarming rate. However, of late. I've watched hardly any films, but I've just been like mainlining TV, TV like yeah. nobody's business. Yeah. And I did Euphoria over a couple of days. It was sort of uploaded onto one of our streaming sites here as a box set so after, oh, it's, love it. after it finished in the States. So I, I think I watched everything over about course of about two or three days mm-hmm. so it follows a group of high school students as they navigate sex drugs identity trauma social media love and friendship it's based on an israeli miniseries which i hadn't realized actually I until realized. which is interesting so it's, but it was um, sort of created and adapted by sam levinson who directed assassination nation which is interesting because i saw that recently and you i can did. see i can see the parallels it's got a very young cast including zendaya um maud apatow um hunter schaefer alex demi barbie ferreira storm reed lots of kind of young actors and actresses can i just say Mm -hmm. some of the real life names of these actors are so indicative of the age in which we live in and their names are like better than the character names like barbie ferreira angus cloud storm reed Sydney Sweeney like these are wild such cool names what names these generationally generation these young people have these are names and they they suit this tv show so well right so uh the show aired on hbo it's produced by a24's uh, tv divisions eight episodes it was being billed as kind of like a you know hbo teen drama so you know it's going to be intense and a, a bit more I don't know. Aggressive, challenging. Aggressively. A challenging watch is what I wrote down. Yeah, a m- bit more OTT than your, your usual teen drama fair. So obviously I've seen the entire thing, so my perspective is is being led by that. But I just, I liked it so much more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I mean, it's a real yeah, it's a ride. It's, it was it's very a real ride. It's, it is challenging. It's, a, it's more than I expected, to be honest. I it's, think it would be interesting to actually talk about it more at length, perhaps when you have finished it. Um, it was very intense to binge watch all eight I episodes. I bet, I bet. I mean, I watched three episodes back to back and that was enough. Um, I did just want to carry on forever, but... Um, it's got it's, such a good soundtrack. Yeah, the sound. Sa- I mean, the soundtrack, I did try and listen to the soundtrack outside of um, watching it and I actually found it a bit too much for me just in terms of like... Oh, it's just very intense. It's I, a very loud I, um, soundtrack. I did the I'm same. I'm an old woman. No, I did the same. I, I downloaded it and I was like, actually, this like, is a bit this is... I mean, is this what it's like being a teenager in 2019? Because fuck and that. I don't know. I was slightly apprehensive and terrified for the world um, if this is what teenagers like. If this is what like. it's like... Because this show, I would say that this show doesn't really glamorise any aspects of it all. It doesn't seem very glamorous. It's no, not very nice. it has got some really great standout performances from the cast, though. Zendaya um, is phenomenal. She's... she's so good she's phenomenal she really does you can see why she's just taken the world by storm you can just see she's she's got such a presence she has she's such a frustrating and sympathetic character she has this worldliness in all of her roles i feel she does doesn't she and i think that they really utilize that so that's something that i've watched all of and you're in the process of watching so it would be perhaps we will come back to that at a later Mm. date but i definitely recommend it if you're um, on the fence about doing so Mm -hmm. should i go through some of the other things i've watched yeah you do your yeah so oh god i just my life has been tv of late so i another thing i binge watched was uh all of season one of succession oh over, yes yes over the course of two or three days and then that's see, a lot of tv i have watched i worked out do um, i want to know 10 18 26 
I've probably watched about 30 to 40 hours of television over maybe the last two weeks. That's a lot. It's obscene. So Succession is... I feel like I've just been screaming from the rooftops about this and I've definitely managed to bully multiple people into starting this (laughs) because no one I know had watched it prior to me watching this. So It's horrible to love something so much and you've got no one else to talk to about it. God, you have no idea. Um, So Succession follows the Roy family, Logan Roy and his four children who control one of the biggest media and entertainment conglomerates in the world. The series tracks their lives as they contemplate what the future will hold for them once their ageing father begins to uh, step back from the company. The show stars Brian Cox, Jeremy Strong, Kieran Culkin, Sarah Snook, Matthew McFadden, Alan Ruck, amongst others. It's written by Jesse Armstrong, who uh, helmed Peep Show, The Thick of It and Veep. It's executive produced by Adam McKay, who did The Big Short and Vice, which we've talked about. Mm. Um, Season one came out last year, so it ran from June to August last year, and season two has just started. Episode one was last Sunday. I... This show is so compelling to me. Mm. I'm so invested in the Roy family drama, despite them being everything I find absolutely terrifying in the world, which is rich people who have too much money and no limits. There's some really standout performances from Jeremy Strong and Matthew McFadden and Kieran Culkin. The writing is brilliant. It's funny, as well as being very astute and satirical without being too on the nose, but also is sort of on the nose. It's less about the business side of things and more about the family and their dynamics, their intricacies, the idea of legacy, the fact that Logan Roy is one of the old vanguards and he's struggling to adapt and consider the changing landscape modern media world i just i love it this is so good i feel like you have to experience it one thing that has been great for me is that when people have watched it they've fully immediately understood oh that's what good. it is about it it is one of those things that's really hard to describe because if you're basically saying to someone it's like a media family mm. like the murdochs that's kind of a turn off. Mm-hmm. But when oh you... god, yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound appealing to me at all. I think it's actually why I didn't watch it last year because I was like, oh, I can't be bothered to watch a bunch of rich people just be rich. But it's just so compelling. I really implore people to watch it. Season the first episode of season two, which was this week, mm-hmm. is just. I'm so glad the Roy family are back. I just would like Kieran Culkin to insult me <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> Please watch it and then come and talk to me about it. It's just brilliant. And the um, the Nicholas Brattel uh, score, Nicholas Brattel, who did Moonlight. Okay, sure. And If Bill Street Could Talk. The use of music in this as well is just phenomenal. Mm. So uh, definitely get on board as a matter of urgency, please. I've also, in the last 24 hours, watched all of season one of Boys. The Boys, sorry, on Amazon Prime. I just wasn't. I mean, I watched like half of an episode with Wes and I was just like, I've hit full superhero saturation at this point. Steph, it was one of those things where I was inexplicably bored i got home from work yesterday early and i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm going out late we're going to the cinema i need to stay awake i'm gonna watch this tv show i'd heard good things from your wesley brown wesley brown, wesley brown enjoyed it he really did he, he binged did. it in about a day i think ironically well. it had been a toss-up initially between watching succession and watching the boys and i pumped for succession initially which i'm glad i clearly did so the boys are set in a universe where superpowered people are recognized as heroes by the general public and owned by a powerful corporation who ensures that they are properly marketed and monetized outside of their heroic personas most arrogant are corrupt the series pr- uh, primarily focuses on two groups the titular the boys vigilantes looking to keep the corrupted heroes under control and the seven who are the premier superhero team um it's based on a comic book of the same name i don't think i realized it was based on a comic until mm. wesley told me he's the guy the people who did preacher fine wesley likes preacher yeah preacher wasn't really a thing for me ever but i understand that it's obviously like a big deal preacher the tv show certainly wasn't a thing for me no interestingly though for you that it was developed by eric kripke who did supernatural oh 
Which I didn't realise. That's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that, actually. Um, it's executive produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, and the ensemble cast includes Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, Chase Crawford, amongst others. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, so I'd heard interesting things. I decided to start on a whim. Did four episodes in one evening. Did the rest of them as yes, well sir. yesterday. It's a really... It's sort of an interesting premise, I guess, superheroes being bad. Uh, lazily, I immediately just thought of Watchmen. Though. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a comparison that lots of people are giving. My worry now is that I'm going to end up watching the Watchmen TV series. Which... Yeah, I mean, Wes will want to watch that, so I might, like, join for the first episode and see how it goes. Yeah. I but mean... I just can't... There really is... I mean, there's a lot of superhero stuff. Yeah, it's fine. Like, I feel like you're not going to... It's not the end of the world if you never watch it. No, you know, when you're just... I don't think that and will. this also is how I feel a lot about programming that is made specifically for streaming platforms yeah in the sense that it's there mm-hmm. if i want to watch it i can yeah but i don't really ever have much impetus no to do there's so. no sense of like urgency there is there no i just watched it and i was doing stuff in the background you know it was nice mm-hmm. to see i mean a color and i could watch watch forever everything sure. his accent in this is abysmal though um, he's trying oh, to be cockney no, but oh no, sounds no. australian cockney is very hard to do be yeah it's also really gory and it definitely thinks it's cleverer than it is oh okay sure so there we go and yeah. the other thing that i've watched and i'm i need to finish is season three of glow which oh, I have okay, started watching before. that yeah it's just this season has really upped its game it's just brilliant um so maybe i'll give like a proper little review when i when i finish that i've got a few episodes left so that's pretty much me that's been my time is just television just television i love television so much you know how much i love television i've just really enjoyed this like getting on board with television again Mm -hmm. i feel like i'd fallen out of love with stuff so yeah i love doing that there's so much that i want to watch and i don't know if i'm gonna get well i hope i'll get around to it we um we watched all of season one of dairy girls in one evening which was lovely it's so good it is i haven't watched season two yet but um it's just fun it really is that's lived up to the hype as well it's sort of a it's this british sitcom created and written by lisa mcgee um stars sasha monica jackson louise harland louise r harland even nicola coughlin jamie lee o'donnell and dylan llewellyn it's set during the Troubles in Derry, so it's a group of young friends, so Erin, her cousin Orla, their friends Claire and Michelle, and Michelle's English cousin James are navigating their teens during the Troubles in Derry, where they all attend a Catholic girls' secondary school, so what is not going to be hilarious about that? Um, it's basically like The Inbetweeners, but if The Inbetweeners was actually good, Interesting. Um, it really is, yeah. Uh, so you've got Erin, who's sort of the main protagonist, she's really keen on making a good impression and she worries about what everyone else thinks but she gets herself into trouble a lot Orla who's her cousin is the slightly odd sort of aloof one that doesn't care about what people think at all Claire's sort of the reasonable but shy member of the group that goes along with a consensus this actually just sounds like the in-betweeners and Michelle (laughs) is the rebellious one Um, and then James is the outsider because he is a boy from England who was made to go to an all-girls school so um, definitely I think it's six episodes they're like half an hour long so literally you can binge it in three hours is it Netflix I can't remember or was it on Amazon because I know it's a BBC production oh no do you know what it is on Netflix it is on Netflix and they haven't put season two up yet which is really annoying me but um, it's it's very 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 very, very funny really um, and I'm glad I've finally got around to watching it it's a joy just hilarious um, on the flip side we've just started watching season 2 of Dark which is another Netflix show that's a German show um, which is all very dark and about time travel and all these kinds of gross things I don't have an opinion of that yet because I've literally watched the first episode of season 2 it's another show that might not have needed a continuation I still haven't watched season 1 um, I really enjoyed it I mean it's not it wouldn't make my top list 
if you're into like dark weird shit it's it's kind of compelling i don't know what the season's going to turn into to be honest i know a lot of people who are into that kind of genre thing or they enjoy kind of mystery or horror or anything like that i'm really really into it but again you're not going to die if you don't watch it um so because we decided to kind of do this as more of like a tv centric episode there are a few things that we would just like to quickly draw attention to so movies wise we did see once upon a time in hollywood yesterday evening at the new quentin tarantino but what we've decided to do because we've got a lot of thoughts feelings emotions that would probably render this episode being like five hours long oh it really would would. um, we're going to do like a special mini-sode on that alone so look out for that coming soon so and finally then in that sense obsession of the week oh god i feel like my obsessions could be really boring because it's obviously little women and it's obviously sasha and timmy because it's been a week for that and it's been a lot yeah so obviously in mine i have written timmy and billowy little women shirts oh my god the shirts the hair his hair was made for that role i tell you that Sasha in a bowler hat yeah those two dancing in that trailer which we didn't hit on is just um, just brings me such immense joy. What a pair I'm of dorks! So deeply stressed about the upcoming having to experience that in a public setting. Uh, hopefully, it'll be quiet. Let's do it. Let's do it too close to Christmas that there's not a lot of people in the cinema. Is that a thing? Oh god, too much. So that's that just exclusively your obsession of the week. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have it as that. Interesting. Mine includes that. Um, it was Sebastian Stan's birthday this week. Oh yeah, it was so, also Chris Hemsworth's birthday. It worth was. mentioning. A lot of great content on the internet. Yeah. Big, Happy big birthday, fan. boys. Happy birthday, boys. <laughs> Our muscular boys, our soul muscular um, boys. The only thing I'd like to draw attention to is that in the season opener of Succession, there was a call me by your name, small reference. Was there? Yeah. Oh, what was, was the a, reference? It was, um, gotta eat the peach, baby. Oh, fuck. Which I think actually was alluding Ooh. to a fact that there was a character whose surname is Peach, but at the same time, I mean, gotta you eat can't, the peach. Yeah, you can't say that without it referencing. They exist in the same universe, which is truly a clashing of my interests. Along with Spider-Man. Along with, <laughs> a lot of peach eating recently. Um, so that's us, really. Uh, you can find us online, Twitter, we're at the thirst, soundcloud.com forward slash the thirst pod. You can subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Someone please do this. <laughs> we love reviews and it's really nice yeah. and it helps our ratings and gets more Promise people. to do one back if you've got a podcast yeah PC for PC yeah PC for PC uh, you can find us by searching the thirst there Instagram with at the thirst pod the thirstpod.wordpress.com is our blog and you can also find us on thirst, uh, Facebook as well by searching the thirst pod goodbye We're basically really thirsty We're just completely thirsty everywhere on the internet so, bye bye